Welcome to Red Pill University classes in session. I am your host, Jody. I am joined tonight with James. Mike may be on a little bit later. And continuing with the uh, the coursework. So last week we covered, uh, it was, uh, you know, the basics of rapport, building comfort, building investment. Tonight we're kind of going to dive more in detail on how to actually get that kind of commonality and the qual- and the comfort built together. So let me bring this up right quick. There we go. Qualification. Uh, hat tip to, I think it was Adam Lyons that I got a lot of this from, that I learned some of this from. Also, uh, some of it was from uh, just playing psychology courses. So, And then some of the stuff I've developed on my own over the years. So again, it's an amalgamation of different things that I've learned throughout uh, life. So what is qualification? So go back to my notes over here. Qualification is arguably the most meaningful long-term aspect of what we call game for men. Uh, so I've said this before, you know, don't stick your dick in crazy. Well, how do you know if they're crazy? Well, you've got to qualify them. You dive into their background, their history. You learn about them. You do this through asking questions. Well, what kind of questions? That's what tonight's about. So, uh, is she a good match for you? Even if you don't want to have a long-term uh, relationship, you still got to make sure if they're they're of sound mind or not. And you're going to kind of tease this information out through this process. Qualification is also key for developing real relationships since it's what drives investment levels. Through qualification, you can drive up investment and also use it to determine someone's interest level in you. It is also a very good way of showing you're interested in her and for more than just her looks. That's a really important aspect right there. So this goes True. along and this this deep dive into building comfort goes a long ways to avoiding uh, uh the hangups that a lot of women will have, AM, uh, ASD, LMR, stuff like that, these PUA terms. But they're real right. effects. Just They're concepts that guys have given names to through millions of observations collected throughout the collected wisdom of men worldwide. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and just drive right in. So, again, they screen for women that are a good match for you. Uh, we're going to talk about how in just a little bit. So don't stick your dick in crazy. Uh, remember the bell curve. So if you remember earlier in the show, we've done uh, the bell curve or the the, uh, the spectrum, I would say. So whenever naturals go out and they just kind of spit game at all these different girls and they're going to get uh, a yes or no, right? They're qualifying or pull with very, very polarizing game usually to figure out are the women interested or not. It's a yes-no kind of process, not a meh, and then they try and win the girls over by DHVs and whatever the PUA stuff was. They don't do that. So remember the bell curve. So you want to try and find women who are naturally attracted to you with in the most efficient manner possible. Time is a finite resource. We can always make more money. You can never make more time. So treasure time above all else. And going out there and just running a very polarizing game, hat tip to uh, Mark Mason and uh, Brad Pete. Made some really good strides in this, com- in this community with trying to screen for women that are interested in you Right up front. No games. Now, naturally, obviously, so we've talked about this before in the uh, the presentation episode. The more attractive you are physically and visually, or the higher status you have even, the more women are going to be naturally attracted to you. So you want to maximize these things, you know, as well. That's a big sigh. I can hear uh, James. Oh, sorry. Tired. My bad. It's like breathing right into the mic. All right, so we'll uh, – moving on. So qualification builds uh, – investment 
So, and again, I just mentioned earlier, it combats ASD and LMR. So you're demonstrating interest, genuine interest in her in more than just her looks. So think about yourself. What kind of hobbies do you have? This is what we talked about last week, finding out what your interests are. You're going to qualify them using this process to figure out if you guys have commonalities. Moving on. Any, well, before we go on to the next slide, do you have any uh, input, James? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay. So, and I've talked about this before, and I've had help writing this up before. It's the, the what I call Prince Charming theory. So you think of it in the sense like the Disney-fied Prince Charming. This is the guy with all of the options that all the guys want to be and all the women want to be with. Well, he's discriminating because he's got options. He's Prince Charming. Everybody wants him, right? So he's choosy. He's discriminating against... Uh, uh, he's very, very selective about the women that he allows into his bubble. Beggars can't be choosers. He's the opposite of that. So he has he's demonstrating through his uh, his choosiness, his 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 process of qualifying women to find out are they worthy of his time. So it goes back right. to that time is critical aspect. Yeah, so, because uh, these guys, if you can pick who you want, then it just becomes a question of how do you spend your time? And it's less of your, you know, that's a powerful piece of game as well. When it's just obvious that you, it's not whether or not she likes you or not. It's whether or not she's worthy of your time or not. It's such a, it's such a powerful thing, such a powerful aura to exude. Hello. I was muted. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, oh, okay. Glitch there. All right, that's my fault. So yeah, uh, everything. Yeah, it, by having options, it also goes kind of goes back to uh, uh, play theory. So guys that have options are attractive. It pre-selection, social proof, all of this stuff kind of combines in this segment. All right. Uh, let's see, best when based on real things about your life. I've talked about this before. Don't. Uh, you can fake it till you make it. Yeah, kind of, sort of, but not really. Not long term. So the more genuine you are, the more upfront you are, the more uh, congruent that your your the questions you're screening them on are relevant to your life, the better. So if you're a big fitness buff, mm. then you want to ask questions to find out are they fitness oriented, or do you guys have compatibility in that aspect? If that's a very big part of your life, then I would hope you guys would screen for uh, commonalities and compatibility. All right. If you're a big gun nut, you know, and you want to go to the range every weekend, having somebody that's interest, interested in that stuff, uh, building those commonalities and screening for them is going to be a big part of your success. So find out what's important to you as an individual. Think about it. Really take some time. Write down what your common hobbies or what your hobbies and interests are, and then break it down. How can you find out, like, what kind of yes-nos questions can you ask? What kind of, uh, well, we're going to get into the hoops in just a minute. So just think about what your hobbies are and then take the information you're about to learn and break down those hobbies into questions using the following structure. So, and also don't punish investment, even if it wasn't up to your standards. So let me give an example. If you want a, an old school woman who knows how to cook and she, you through the series of, you know, a date or whatever, you're asking questions, you find out, well, she really can't cook. But what she really likes to do is blah, 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 blah. And she runs on a tear for the next 10 minutes talking about that thing. 
shut up, let her talk. You're going to learn a lot about her. It might not be that one specific thing you were asking about. So maybe she's not qualifying herself in that respect, but maybe there's other things she's talking about. These other things that she's passionate about that you will have commonalities with. And if you just cut her off right then and there, well, you can't cook done. Well, you're going to miss out on everything else that you could have learned about. And it also raises their investment. You're raising your exposure effect because it's more time together. You get the picture. So, and also when they, uh, I hate to use the, it's like the Pavlovian kind of thing with the, the, uh, the response, the, the, the reward and response. The main takeaway from this is whenever people are investing, don't punish them for doing so. In fact, you want to reward them and say, that's awesome. Maybe give them some sort of a high five, a fist bump, slowly escalating the level of physical touch and intimacy. So, and yeah. just kind of touch on this really quick, no pun intended. When your verbal escalation and your physical escalation are out of whack, you're going to have some serious problems. Uh, hey, Eve, one, two, three. So, also, guys, I always do this. I forget to mention this. Uh, if you're new to the channel, please hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, and don't forget to like the videos because that helps out with the YouTube algorithm. So you got the little buttons here. You can go click the thing. You get the buttons. Uh, yeah. And for those that are on, uh, that are listening to us on the podcast, I'm not sure if your platform has a like button, but if it does, that would you know probably help us out too. So moving on. So the, yeah, the, the basics basics of escalation kind of comes down to verbal and physical. And when they're out of sync, you're going to have problems. If you're trying to escalate verbally but not physically, it's going to come off weird. And if you go physical but not verbal, you could be jumping the gun a little bit. And you might get that whole slow down, you know, cowboy kind of reaction. Let's mm. see here. And in terms of rewarding, um, I've actually heard a lot of good – heard a lot of evidence that supports rewarding intermittently. Uh, produces a stronger response than rewarding every time. Yes. So you never punish, a, yeah. but you intermittently reward at random intervals. But only when it's a positive outcome. Right. And th this is the same thing with how you train pets, believe it or not. It's a Pavlovian thing. But yeah, you don't want to – if you do it every single time, then they're going to expect it. Um, you want them – it's got to be intermittent, like you said. Right. All right. Oh, wrong button. Qualification statements and hoops. These, yeah, I, I really love them because they're simple and effective. Statements, uh, right there is an example. You know, it's really nice to meet a woman who's normal and doesn't have her face buried in her phone all the time. So I like to call this what you call force framing. You're, you're giving a compliment in a sense based on a positive trait that you is important to you as an individual. That's a qualification statement. You're giving them uh, kudos for a positive thing. Uh, so you're going to invoke the natural human instinct for people to want to live up to expectations. And this is what I call force framing. And I've been doing this for years without even realizing it until I really thought about it and kind of put it into terms. And yeah, it, it, that's all it is. If you tell somebody, you guys look fun, you look really nice, uh, very welcoming, use these kind of this language, this rosy kind of terminology. What are people less likely to do? Ah, no, get away from me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shut in. I'm not really sociable. 
No, people are naturally inclined to want to live up to whatever whatever positive quality you've ascribed to them. It's almost like a cold read. But yeah, if you are positive in your own approach and you're being friendly and you're presenting them as a in a positive light, they're not going to give you a bad reaction 99% of the time. There's got to be something very seriously wrong with your appearance or approach or they've just, I don't know, maybe their dog died before <laughs> you're going to for you to really get a negative reaction doing this kind of process. Uh, let's see here. Yes, it says right here in the notes. It can also be used as part of the approach. Hi, you seem really friendly. There's the force frame. You know, I just wanted to ask you a really quick question, or I just wanted to give you a compliment on this thing that you did right. Whatever it might be. So you're using these qualifying statements right up front to frame them in a positive light, and all it is is just kind of giving you a second to get your foot in the door to say hi and approach them. So we talked earlier about there's uh, hoops, what they call hoop theory. There's small hoops, medium hoops, large hoops. Small hoops are just your general yes or no questions. They're, you know, like right there, can you cook? Can you clean? Have you ever been overseas? Generally, they're the boring interview questions. Now, we talked a lot about last week how you can dive into this stuff using that 4WH process. The what, where, uh, why, and how. Who's already covered? It's you and her, generally speaking. So you go in, say hello. As you're in the conversation at this point, it's, this is already assuming that you've already had your transition. You're, you're now in a, a pleasant conversation, just trying to get to know each other. Maybe you are on a Tinder date. Who knows? And you're just asking your basic yes, no kind of questions. You're kind of feeling them out. Hopefully these are questions based on what's important to you as an individual. And when you start getting kind of responses, then you can start di uh, drilling in with the medium and larger hoops. And again, if she an answers and then goes on this long-winded uh, response, it's an indication that she's interested in the, the topic, but she may also be interested in you. Let them run with it, okay? That's how you raise your mere exposure effect and you guys build that that togetherness, that, that comfort and familiarity with each other's presence. It's that, that time under tension, as I've said before. So let's see. Medium qualification hoops. Typically, again, they typically follow the yes-no questions. Well, do you like to cook? Yes. Well, what's your favorite thing to cook? That's the what. Again, 4WH. You're drilling into those responses and you're eliciting more information. Most people probably don't need this structured of a kind of concept for how to build a conversation. But for those that are really kind of below behind the curve or just want the comfort of having a framework to follow, then this is the kind of stuff that you can use. Uh, what's an interesting thing you've done in the past week? Well, I don't know. What's an interesting thing that, I mean, if I was asked, uh, asked that to you, James, what have you done? What's an interesting thing you've done in the last week? <laughs> That'd be a bad question to ask right now. Normally, uh, you know, I would give something. I would say something like, uh, you know, I've been surfing. I've been on a mountain biking trip, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Something of that nature. But you haven't le uh, recently. Oh no. Well, why not? There's the other W. Oh. Why haven't you? Why haven't you been able to go out and do these things? What's what's uh, what's holding you back? Another what question? So again, we're talking about the the noun, there's the verb, there's multiple ways to branch off in any conversation. Right. So let's follow that thread. 
So why weren't you able to do it? Were you working too much? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Really, what do you do for work? So <laughs> you're drilling into the, your listening uh, details. You can find out why they went into that field. You know, um, there's all kinds of, of routes that this can go. Yeah. So in, in a lot of cases, you can actually shape this conversation. If you can th- uh, think of it in terms of like chess, you can plan out a lot of this conversation ahead of your time. So if you know you get this kind of response, which direction it can go. And most initial interactions follow a similar trend. So they're not all the same, but there's going to be a lot of similarities. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. Yeah. And you have to be careful. You do have to be careful, though, not to uh, turn it into like the interview scenario. You right. know, try to go to like drill too far down a, a pathway that find, she finds uncomfortable to go down or like you well, can obviously yeah. like see her reacting negatively to just in like just in a typical conversation framework. You have to pick the times for this sort yeah. of thing. And you'll you'll get a, a better feel for the the read of how people are responding, whether they're comfortable with it or not. Based on their uh, their reactions, how more how willingness they are to uh, invest in the conversation. Also, their body language is going to get, tell you a lot about their their current interest level. So, like I said before, the the qualification hoops, the the details that you're going to dive into, the topics that you're going to talk about, those are all going to be there's a barometer of interest that you've got to be able to read. Now, if you're brand new to this, you're going to blow some people people's minds and go way too fast. That's okay. Others might go way too slow and come off as boring. That's fine. It's a process. You're learning this to learn a skill, not to get the result of a girlfriend or a hookup or whatever that might be. You're doing this to build social skills. Okay? You're doing this to build competence, to develop confidence so that later on you won't even need this stuff. It's a long-term process. You just got to trust in it. Uh, but yeah, to what you're talking about, absolutely. There's going to be times where you might broach a subject that they are just not comfortable with. And that's fine. Cut the thread, move on to something else. Hopefully you've already done your homework and you know a handful of topics uh, to kind of talk about already. Uh, let's see here. So if you won't, if they won't commit to answering the question, well, why did you want to get into this? Ah, I just don't feel like talking about that. Okay, that's full. That's cool. Shrink the hoops back down the yes-no questions or move on to another topic. Don't be afraid to use non sequiturs. All right, just change threads uh, completely. Uh, so right there is an example. So if you're, what's your favorite thing to cook? Could be shrank to can you cook? Very very simple uh, process to do. Large qualification hoops. We are crushing these slides tonight. Uh, they're often very open ended and very personal questions. So again, if you start getting into topics where the conversation is getting very, very intimate, but the physicality isn't there. You could very quickly find yourself putting yourself in the friend zone by holding back on your on showing intentions. And that a lot of guys have this problem. Women don't friend, friend zone guys. Guys do this to themselves by hiding their intent and not being upfront with what they expect or what they're hoping to get out of the uh, out of the relationship. Yeah, that's the biggest reason I would say too. Yep. So, uh, getting back to this uh, right here, large hoops encourage the other person to invest in a conversation by piggybacking on the conversation. They're very open-ended questions, and obviously, if you followed the material from the previous course, uh, the previous episodes, 
this is a multi-layer kind of conversation. Uh, you're building investment like a multi-layer cake. You're both mutually investing, all right? You give a little, she gives a little. It's not this interrogation where you're just rattling off questions and going and just drilling deeper and deeper and deeper. You're going to relate things back to her using thoughts and emotions to get that emotive language out and start to become more con uh, connective through just kind of emoting. And a lot of guys don't do this. We're very matter-of-factly, details-driven, fact-based conversations. That's very boring. Very boring. So these videos may come off dry. This is why I think a lot of folks have been more prone to listen to us in podcast form. Because this is more matter-of-factly. It's, it's, it's almost like it's an instructional course. So hopefully we don't lose you. But yeah, in the future, if you guys are in a, in a natural live conversation with somebody, think back to the previous episode and the previous two episodes, thoughts and emotions. That's how you convey emotional subtext. All right. So getting back to the large hoops, uh, we have comments. That's good. Uh, for those that are dropping comments, don't forget we will get to those at the end of the slideshow. And then we'll uh, be heading over to Discord for our after show. Uh, so piggybacking on the conversation, yeah, you want them to do so. And ideally, them, them justifying themselves to you why they like the widget, all right, or why they got into the hobby. Once they're justifying to you why they're doing X, Y, and Z, that's when you know you've gotten onto a very uh, – interesting topic that they're passionate about and they're interested in you and they want you to know why they're into that topic. This is how things really start to click. When you're getting them justifying themselves to you on whatever the topic may be, interest is there. Now it's time to start uh, turning up the heat a little bit when it comes to the escalation. So mm -hmm. what makes you unique? Have you ever cheated? What's your favorite position? Very, very large hoops. All right. <laughs> have you ever cheated uh, i would never i mean i don't know don't trust these answers you know well that's fair especially if they like you well i think this is more geared towards uh almost like a nightclub kind of setting high stimulus there's a lot of distractions very polarizing style of game uh yeah there's a time and place for this stuff not everybody's gonna be able to use these examples to a t uh, and I also want to go back to, I have more uh, qualification hoops too here to kind of talk about. Uh, do you cook is a very classic one. You might get a reaction like, yes, I do. And if they justify it and they start piggybacking into the conversation, it might look like something like, yes, I do cook. I make the best risotto you've ever had. And if she really goes ham, it's like, oh, you should come over sometime and I'll have to make it for you. I'm like, well, who's going to turn that down? That's a clear indication of interest right there. She's basically inviting you back to her place. So you can take a very, very small hoop and get this grandiose reaction that can just move things along a lot faster than you may have expected. Uh, similarly, you might go with this large hoop. You may have thought that things were in, she was there and ready for it. And she just like, whoa, hold on. You know, that's way too personal. And then you got to back things down a little, a little bit. That's fine. Uh, let's see, where's some other ones here? Um, What's the best place you have ever traveled to, and why did you love it? Uh, th that's a really solid hoop. And I think that's actually would qualify probably as a large one. That's, that's, that's getting really detailed. 
And then the follow-up, the Y. Again, that 4WH, you know? I love it. So if you could live anywhere for six months, where would it be and why? You're really teasing a lot of information out, and you're going to kind of see what their hobbies are too. Especially if they're like a travel buff and they've been around the world. <laughs> that's going to make them think. So, Cancun for partying and dancing topless on tables. <laughs> Am I right? Yep. Let's see here. Uh, a couple of qualifying statements. I love how friendly you are. That's such a positive statement. I love it. Uh, you seem to be really independent. So again, it's kind of touching on a cold read. So they might ask you, what makes you say that? Well, then you better be able to back that, that kind of statement up. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it's great how you don't take yourself too seriously. Or another one is, uh, I, I, you strike me as a, a very independent person. Yeah. It's great how you always smile. These are always, these are great. Love them. All right, moving on here. So we got disqualification. Oh, I'm on the wrong screen. There we go. Disqualification. So for those that don't know, we talked about this before. Uh, rapport breaking is goes by another term. It's called flirting. And disqualification is one example of rapport breaks. But I kind of moved it to the front of the, uh, uh, front of that section to cover tonight because it kind of dovetails nicely from or segues nicely from the qualification. So disqualification is one way to build comfort by mitigating problems before they can occur during an interaction. Uh, so you're going to be able to disqualify objections before they are made. One example that from my real life that happened to me once was I was in a bar, met three girls, everything was happy, and uh, I got to know them and I found out who, was, who they were going to meet that night. And the new girl showed up, and she was just not happy that I was there. But, because I knew her name, knew who she was, they, we'd all been talking already, everybody was happy, blah, right? Killed her with kindness. Disqualified the objection before it happened, and won her over just right then and there. There was nothing that she could do to, uh, what's the term, blow me out of set. Because we were already having a good time, she showed up late, and it's like, oh, you must be like Monica, or whatever her name was. And, uh... Yeah, we were all just talking about you. Yeah, nice to meet you. I'm Joe. If she says anything negative, she's the asshole. You know, but if you if you had walked up and she was already there, it might be a very different reaction. You know, like, whoa, who are you? What are you doing here? You get that kind of that grilled uh, reception. And I've had that too. But in this case, I disqualified the objection before it happened, got to know everybody, ran the group dynamics, done deal. Another example, uh, I think it was Adam Lyons that told us this one. He had lived around the corner from a bar, and in order to take the girls home to his place, he had to get duck through a very sketchy alleyway. And the first time he tried to take a girl back, she's like, oh, hell no, and bounced. You know, so he learned, well, <laughs> this is an objection. I've got to handle this because this is how I get home. And he made it into this joke about vampires and, and werewolves, and, you know, she's got to be his, uh, you know, Imaginary, like, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, like, kick anybody's ass if they ever, like, you know, step to him. Mm-hmm. Made it into this fun little role play, and suddenly, oh, okay, you weren't kidding. This really is a dark, sketchy alley. Uh, but they'd already addressed it, disqualified the objection ahead of time, done deal. So it was no longer an issue. Uh, so, yeah, you're going to create comfort where a woman would otherwise be fearful 
again, <laughs> actually, here's the example, walking down a dark alley uh, when you leave a venue together. So those fears can be dismissed by making them into jokes or using role plays. Yes, I, I love that as an example. And I've done this stuff before. It's It works. It's legit. It's just good, uh, just common sense when you think about it. <clears throat> so more on disqualification. So, yeah, we talked about this a minute ago. It's useful for breaking rapport, a.k.a. flirting. More on that next week. And, yes, that's, that's all next week is all breaking rapport. Uh, let's see. Disqualification can be used to frame others in a negative light. So uh, FMK is one kind of example, like a game that kind of comes to mind where you got one girl you want to hook up with, one you'd marry, one you just nix, right? Well, it's kind of the same idea. I guess it's not really a, a legit corollary. It's not the right kind of analogy, I guess, in that sense. But you have one group of girls that you're interested in. Uh, there's another group of girls that maybe they're the mean girls of the group. Well, the girls that you're talking to, you're all getting along. Everybody's happy. It's just like, I'm so glad you guys are nice and you're not like the mean girls like this group over here. You're disqualifying the other ones so that they, again, force framing, want to live up to your expectations. So you're making them the positive because they're not like these other ones that you've framed as being negative. You've disqualified the other ones. You've qualified them. Which one do they want to be like? So, uh, useful for getting others to want to fulfill expectations. Again, force framing is powerful. This is how your qualifying statements come into play. So, and again, disqualification and qualification are used in tandem, and they are very powerful. Right? These are very, very powerful tools to use. And I think we have hit the end of the slides. No, we have not. I think we got one more. Uh, any comments, James? Uh, no. <laughs> I thought I heard you t uh, taking notes there a minute ago. <clears throat> All right. Well, moving on then. Uh, so similar to the disqualifying others and then qualifying the girl that you like is saying that she has traits that she that you like traits that she doesn't have. So say she's blonde, you like redheads. You say you like redheads. You're disqualifying her as a suitor. It's a rapport break. It's flirting. It's funny. When done correctly, everybody knows what's... They're in on the joke. All right? You're not saying that you like... Like, you really are disqualifying her. Generally speaking, there's a... There's an implied playfulness to all of this. All right? You're not trying to be a dick about it. You're having fun. This is a fun process. That's where I think a lot of guys and a lot of critics miss about this. This is a fun process of flirting an exploration in a conversation to get to know the other person. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's just teasing base teasing one-on-one. Yep. That's yeah. That's a good way of putting this. This disqualification is a form of teasing. All right. Teasing is flirting. So you, uh, another good example of disqualification or a rapport break is when you see, when she sees you talking to other women, uh, pre-selection plus rapport is just, yeah. Pre-selection is awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like, specifically, something that this has been really, really powerful is if you don't, like, I mean, you, it depends on why you're doing it, but if you go up to, you're say you're talking to a girl at a bar, you go use the bathroom, on your way back, you come back and you start talking to another girl, and uh, 
you know, some people would just maybe like they hear about this, like uh, have her see you talk to other women sort of thing. You talk to her for a couple minutes, maybe a couple seconds, and then you can leave. But you should – the thing that I found to have the most success is to just keep talking to her until the uh, other girl comes up to you to continue the conversation. Because then, I mean, that's like – that's like hitting all the high notes on all the, on all the perfect levels. It shows investment, a desire, uh, you know. It and it creates those things also because if you uh, if she sees you talking to another girl with uh, positive reception, I mean, it's just like it's just like heroin for the hamster. <laughs> I could have sworn I had a mention of the hamster in here somewhere. That's unfortunate. Uh, also, I was talking earlier about the the escalation process and then how you can use hoops to match uh, uh, the physicality. Well, here's a really simple one. Mm-hmm. I like how you're a sensual person. It's a small hoop or a qualifying statement, actually. Uh, but it's a very intimate one. This is the kind of thing you would whisper in her ear after you're already cheek-to-cheek or been making out. So if you just blurted out this blanket statement you know and it's just like you've just met them dude now come on there's a time and place for this stuff so it's got to be context sensitive just have that awareness you're going to develop this social savvy through experience but just because it's a small hoop doesn't mean it can't be intimate and escalate all right or in this case a statement mm-hmm. yeah the the small hoops like they're generally yes or no questions uh, are you spontaneous? Are you adventurous? Do you cook? Are you a party girl? Blah, blah, blah. All right. Yeah, and I mean, like, especially, like, doing stuff with them and figuring this stuff out just based on how they act. You know, they can say one thing, but, you know, their definition of spontaneous might be different than yours. So, you know, if you suggest yep. to them to do something at a, at a spontaneous time and they're like, oh, no, you know, I don't know if I want to do that, that's like, you know, it's really not asking them a direct question, but it's just finding out more, like, seriously how they react in these sort of situations. Find out, like, legitimately how they how they are as a person. Yeah. So, yeah, this is why I always tell guys, like, go and do the homework. So that's your homework this week, all right? Keep, out, keep going out and approaching, but write down a handful of traits that you're looking for in women. And last week, you should have done your homework to find out what are some qualities and commonalities that you were trying to screen for. Again, we're building this out towards you guys having a framework to go out and ask questions, screen, find out, are the women that you're meeting, whenever you're doing your actual approaches, are they good matches for you? Uh, another good hoop here. This is a, is this a large? Let's see here. This is a good one, okay? How good of a kisser are you? If you're in that escalating intimacy, you're comfortable with, you know, cheek to cheek contact, you're whispering in each other's ears. This one is almost guaranteed to make out. Uh, let's see. What's your oldest memory? Very simple question. Uh, you're going to get a lot of uh, comfort and rapport out of this question. Uh, another one is uh, what do you value most in a person? Or what kind of person are you looking to? Uh, uh, date. What kind of traits are you looking for in a partner? You'll find out really quickly if uh, you're going to be a good match. And be ready to answer these questions yourself because you got to know this stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Hopefully you have the, the introspection and the self-awareness to know what qualities you yourself are looking for. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you should always be like looking, you should always be really what you should be doing is making yourself into the person that the type of girl you're looking for will attract overall. And then you won't have to do much really. Then you won't have to do much of this at all because you'll find like a really high quality girl. You know, if you're, I mean, yeah, this, if you're out at bars and stuff, like picking up girls from any walk of life, you know, you're never going to, you'll, you'll always have to do some, something like this, but. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Getting back to the show notes. We have, uh, yeah. So we already talked about pre-selection, letting them see you talk to other women, ideally having positive reactions. And one of the favorites is mention your girlfriend, your girl dot, dot, dot friend. So you can immediately disqualify yourself as a suitor by bringing up a girlfriend and that allows you to kind of just talk and have a conversation. Married guys do this all the time without even realizing it. You know, they see the ring. You know, the girls see the ring. They immediately think that the guy isn't hitting on them. So they might playfully flirt and build them. All the stuff's getting built the way you normally would with a, uh, with a single guy. But there's no pressure. There's no expectation. This disqualification of you as a suitor by mentioning the girlfriend kind of get, allows you to get your foot in the door, have a conversation, build the rapport build the comfort, uh, maybe do some escalation that's casual. And then when you do put the moves on them, you know, in that sense, it's like, whoa, 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 I thought you had a girlfriend. Like, I got a lot of girl friends. Why? What do you think? I've been like, I was sing- not single. Oh, no, I, I didn't mean that at all. It gives you that plausible deniability. So you can have some fun with that there. And yeah, yeah when you do it right, everybody's on the same page. It's playful. It's flirting. They're going to read through it. And they're going to, it's just giving each other plausible deniability. So, but the main thing is that up front, it gives you that moment to kind of connect. So there's no expectations. You're all on the same page. And I think that's the end of the notes for tonight. I want to kind of talk a little bit really quickly going through some more examples. Uh, like what's your ideal first date? That's kind of a, a big hoop, you know. Uh, why do you like blank? Fill in the blank. Mad Lib style. So... Uh, would you be as confident if you didn't have good looks? That's a pretty ballsy question to ask when you think about it. Because one, you're telling her she's good looking, but two, man, that's that's like you're smacking her upside the head with a wet fish. Think about the the statement and that you just the intent. Would you be this confident if you weren't this good looking? That's, dude, that's rough, but it's good. It shows it like again goes back to the Prince Charming kind of uh, concept. If you have options galore, or if you didn't have options galore, there's no way in hell you'd ask that question unless you were completely socially retarded. So, (laughs) uh, any comments or questions from you, James, before we turn this over to the peanut gallery in the comment section? Yeah, I mean, uh, not a ton, but just, like, for me, what I do, I don't really do any of this in an overt sense. Like maybe this is like a good way. I mean, it definitely is a good way to get started, but, um, the way that I do it as someone who's like sort of in the groove of this stuff 
is, you know, I'll just like meet girls, see who I like, who, you know, who I get a good vibe from. And then I'll, you know, I'll just like take them with me doing the stuff that I do. And uh, just like through natural rapport, find out these things, you know, watch them, see what they do in different situations, like how they treat people, um, all those sorts of things. Uh, it doesn't really like what they do or not at the time isn't a huge factor for me because I can teach them a lot of stuff. You know, girls take the shape of whatever container they're in, whichever alpha they're with. So that's not like a huge an issue and a lot of you know a lot of hobbies that girls have come from previous guys that they've been with especially like rock climbing girls i found but uh anyway yeah that's it's my thing it's my speech all right so i'm gonna kind of just leave it on this note for uh as we leave and go to the comments so another positive aspect of qualifying women and having standards is that for a woman to be chosen by a man of high standards, it's a very flattering thing when you think about it. So an experience has shown me that every little girl wants to be swept off her feet and meet a Prince Charming at some point. And it's just what we're programmed to kind of want nowadays. Uh, but, more, but more than that, knowing that he chose her out of all the other women he has available to him, that's powerful. So this is the... The, the magnificent aspects that this kind of brings to bear. So you've got, if you're spinning plates, you have options galore, and you're choosing her over anybody else. She's winning. She's, the, she's beat the competition. She is, you know, the, the winner, the big winner out of anybody that you could have chosen. Uh, this is, it's just, it's, it's a very, uh, I guess it's, it's ego stroking in a sense. Imagine if you are some schlub, and you walk up to uh, a bunch of models, and you ask one of them out, and they're like, oh, my God, yes, I'd love to. You'd be on cloud nine. Well, it's kind of flipping around a little bit, and that's what we're getting at. So uh, without any further ado, I think we're going to go to the comments. Uh, Eep, I want to say hello. John Diamond, do you have any recommendations or suggestions on escalating during quarantine? At this point, the quarantine's pretty much over. Uh, you guys should be going out, meeting people. Bars are open, clubs are open. Not clubs, but bars are open. Uh, people are having backyard barbecues, parties. Yes, the same rules from escalating in the past are now back in force. So just get them into a private location, sit them down, have some sort of physical contact, get comfortable with one another, and just do the work. Uh, let's see, Blake James at EAP123. If your presence is strong and congruent with your abundant state, you should have no issues. Yeah, not everybody's there yet. So this is what this show's about, is laying down the framework for guys to kind of learn the ropes. Uh, yeah, but in res it was in response to that question yes. about how badly does wearing glasses affect you in gaming girls, and that's like the same thing. It's like how... Oh, I missed that. How I missed come, the question. How come EAP being Indian asks, doesn't affect me, you know? How come well, being, you know, Asian, you know, for any those sort that missed of that... the question, just really quickly, Eep asked, how badly does wearing glasses affect you when gaming girls? That's what Blake was responding to. I miss, I skipped the question. Sorry there. Yeah. So if your present is strong and congruent with your abundant state, then you should have no issues. Glasses don't matter. Not really. They only matter if you allow them to matter. Uh, let's see. He continues on. The problem is that I have a cherubic look. It affects how people treat me. 
Even on Tinder, I only matched with girls who look like they like these kind of guys for their cherubic themselves. Um, I don't know how they respond. I mean, people match. It's, it's what do you call it? It's the sort of mating effect. Sixes go to sixes, sevens go to sevens, eights go to eights, so on and so forth. Uh, like attracts like. You've got a natural propinquity. But uh, if you don't like your look, you can always change it. Yeah, it's not that difficult. Uh, see, Nathan, it it yeah, it depends on the style as well. Absolutely right. So, Blake, so what? Use your curse as a gift. You could be a goblin, but a goblin that's aware of its insecurities and is cool about it is attractive to girls. Sure, there is going to be a portion of women that won't be down with you, but to hell with them. It's about what you want right now. Yeah, I mean, it's remember, it's a numbers game. So if your present, if your appearance or presentation isn't as high as you'd like it to be right now, doesn't mean you can't go out and find success. It just means when you run the numbers game, your percentage is going to be lower than somebody that looks like Brad Pitt. That's life. Not everybody gets to be an astronaut. Uh, so yeah, right now we've kind of run out of comments. We are running at uh, 46 minutes in. Do you have any other thoughts, James? Uh, Mike was supposed to be on. I don't know what happened to him. So maybe we'll do a part two of this with him and... Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Any final thoughts? Uh, no. All right. I'm going to just talk really quickly about Escalation. I just had it in here a second ago. Um, if I could spell things right... Um, where was it at? There it is. We've talked about this before, where uh, touch and escalation, you now the PUA guys call them Kino, but there's an actual term for this. It's called haptics. It's nonverbal communication through touch. And it's really our, one of our best communication tools we've ever had. So it, the goal of escalation is to close the physical gap between the two of you and ultimately make your the two of you Comfortable with an escalating level of physical and emotional intimacy. Escalation isn't just physical. It's also emotional. And doing this process of qualification, disqualification, building investment, uh, all of it. It's all put together is meant to raise that comfort with escalating levels of intimacy. When you uh, do so, there's got to be that tandem effect of the physical and the emotional, the verbal. And I said this before earlier in the show, when you start escalating in one direction and you're not escalating in parity on the other, you're going to have things out of whack and it's just not going to feel right. <clears throat> Let's see. Oh, we have more questions. So opinions on PUA game, best advice resources on game that aren't red pill. I came in late for the class. Well, um, Start the episode over and watch it from the beginning. So that is my best advice to you. Most of the old PUA stuff is is not. It's it, I wouldn't say it's garbage, but most of it you don't need. Uh, I think we've accurately distilled down the actual functional pieces and included it in the course. So go back through episode one, work your way up. Uh, I think up to episode eight or nine is available on the podcast if you just want to listen. And also, when the show is done, when we're done with the RPU uh, 
I think we got one more week when we cover uh, uh, the report breaks. Once all of this is done, we are going to release the slideshow. All right. So at least you'll have those as show notes that you can follow along with in the future. So I think without that, yeah, I think we've hit the end of the, uh, the material for tonight. If you have not yet liked the video, please hit that like button. It really helps us out with the YouTube algorithm and makes us be seen by more people. Uh, also, hit that notification bell and subscribe. We are trying to build this community. I think we're somewhere around 3,000 subscribers. I'd like to get this up to around 10,000 by the end of the year if possible. That's right, Ryan. I'm coming for you, buddy. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be able to match some of the bigger uh, shows here pretty soon. Also, Ryan has a great No More Mr. Nice Guy series. I've created a, a playlist for us here, so check that out as well. And then over on the Discord, we have a discussion community specifically for No More Mr. Nice Guy. And if you haven't gotten the book yet, I think I've got a link down below uh, to Amazon. It helps us out whenever you guys buy stuff like that through our affiliate marketing. So it's like for every thousand clicks, we get like a dollar or something like that. So it just kind of helps defer some of the costs of keeping the show going with the hosting. So yeah, without any further ado, we are going to uh, button this up tonight, and we will see you guys over on Discord for the after show. Link is in the description. Thank you all for joining us.